Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. Hey, good to see each of you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I know the sun ups, but the moon is out behind me. Oh, what's the deal? Well, we're all watchmen now. That That's the subject for today, probably this week. I don't know. We may just carry on with that subject, just feeling a few things on my heart. I want to share them with you each and every morning to get together Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Central, and to see you. Thank you, Kim, Barbara, Joy, Patty, Tessie. Hey, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. I've already seen you this morning, but it's good to see you again today here and each of you and all of you. Cassandra and the Wolf, we are all watchmen now. I think you're going to enjoy this one. I've got some great stories for you today. I, um, I've i just been thinking about that phrase, we're all watchmen now. And it reminds me, uh, uh, back in 1981, President Ronald Reagan, uh, you remember he was leaving a D.C. hotel uh, my wife and I were actually at that D.C. hotel earlier this year for the National Prayer Breakfast. And you remember he was shot, the only uh, president that was shot in office and survived. When he got to the hospital, President Reagan, with his wit, asked the surgeons if they were Republicans. And he said, today we are all Republicans, Mr. President. And that was just the that was the character of that day. But today we are all Watchmen. That is our role, and we are going to fulfill this role and be proactive, reactive, and do what God would have us do in this day and age. So I do thank you for being here. You know the drill. All of you old pros on morning devotion, you know the drill. Follow the page, like the page. Most of all, share the page, get the word out. We're trying to get a company ready to meet the Lord in the sky. We're trying to get a group of people that are prepared. Our wedding garments are white, unspotted, unwrinkled, and we are getting our the oil burning in our lamps and preparing for some great things ahead. Cassandra and the wolf, we are all watchmen now. So we welcome you this Monday morning, Monday morning, November the 16th in the year of our Lord 2020. Welcome to you and thanks for making this possible. I, I don't know, trying times, trying times can be tender times. We've seen that. We've seen that in our history. We've seen that in America, that trying times can be tender times. In fact, prior to World War II, Christmas uh, was not what it became during the war and immediately following the war. Tough times made for tender times. When you go through tough moments and difficult seasons like we're in right now, the little things, the little things can touch your heart and can uplift your soul and can just put a silver lining around dark clouds. In our homes, in our homes, we've started listening to Christmas music. We started listening to Christmas music in September on Labor Day. It was not about the shopping, it was just the joy, the joy of capturing 
the joy of this season. And now we're starting to see the lights go up and people are yearning for a, a tender season. Tough times can bring tender times. It was the Second World War that actually solidified the Christmas season in America. People tired of war, tired of loss, tired of dying, yearn for family, home, togetherness. In that season, in fact, were born many of the songs that now mark the Christmas season every year. Some of the most popular Christmas songs were written and recorded during World War II. White Christmas, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Let It Snow, and the controversial Baby It's Cold Outside, but probably probably the most famous song from Christmas in the war was I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yeah. My favorite Christmas song, uh, song though, was not sung during the uh, Second World War, but it was sung during the Civil War. It was given to the world through the efforts of John Wesley Work Jr., who compiled the spirituals song in the Deep South. While shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. But it's that fifth verse that grasped my attention today. In fact, all week, he made me a watchman upon the city wall. And if I am a Christian, I am the least of all. Go tell it on the mountain. He made me a watchman. That line comes from Ezekiel, where God tells the young man in chapter 3, he said, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman to the house of Israel, and thou shalt hear the word out of my mouth, and shalt tell it them from me. He made me a watchman. We are all watchmen now. We're not like the shepherds of old in Bethlehem night sky waiting for the first advent, the first coming of Jesus. We are watching for his soon return. We see the signs of times all around us. There is this sense that things cannot and will not hold together much longer, that it is all wrapping up. And what God is asking of believers in this generation, he's asking us to watch and pray and be aware of the moment. The day is coming. He has commissioned us to be a watchman. It's a thankless role, but a needful one. I want to tell you two ancient stories about a wolf and about a woman named Cassandra. Then I want to tell you two recent stories. And hopefully you're going to find yourself in the mix of these stories. So enjoy this, and I hope you do. And I hope it inspires you and encourages you and challenges you. You see, we grew up hearing a story. Uh, Alice, Estella, Rhonda, just tell me if you heard this story. One of Aesop's fables, the shepherd boy that cried wolf. Yeah, he would run into the village saying, wolf, wolf, prompted all sorts of concern, stirred up the people until they realized he had made it up. But when a wolf finally came, they did not heed his warning. Crying wolf 
That's an expression, an idiom that we use in the English language. It means to be an alarmist, to raise a false alarm. And maybe that's a good place to begin because we grew up hearing all sorts of things growing up. You know, in the 70s, do you, I don't know if you remember, but in the 70s, uh, we hear, well, I could even go back to the 60s. That was the time of the end time revival. Then the 70s, uh, we were going to see the appearance of the Antichrist. The 80s, yeah, 88 reasons Jesus would come back. The 90s, the formation of the European Union, it went crazy then. Then the approaching millennium at Y2K, after 9-11, the rising Mideast, we saw the coming apocalypse of pale horse. In the past decades, in 2011, 2012, 2015, blood moons. You get the picture. We're somewhat jaded. We are immune to the cries of the alarmists. Solomon noticed this phenomenon in Ecclesiastes 1. He said, people say all things continue the way they always have, that there is an inertia, that we get stuck. Simon Peter noted it. Scoffers and mockers are going to ask, where's the promise of his coming? Things have always continued the way they always have. Chill, folks, just chill. That's, that's the message of our day. Watchmen have this unenviable job that when we see a wolf, we've got to raise our voice because we know people are not going to believe us. We know that it's their tendency to stick their head in the sand like ostrich and say, no, 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 no. It's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. We've got to overcome the threshold of many false cries of wolf in the past day when the shepherd boy cried wolf. And that leads to the second ancient story of Cassandra, maybe a little less familiar to you, but in Greek mythology, Cassandra was the daughter of the king of Troy. She was a, a princess. And the mythological god Apollo was mesmerized by her beauty and gave her the gift of seeing the future, the gift of prophecy. But she refused Apollo's attentions, and so he cursed Cassandra that she could exercise her gift. She could see the future. She could tell rightly what was about to happen. She could warn people of what was coming, but she was cursed in that people would never believe her. And it gave rise to the term recently of the Cassandra complex. It entered our vocabulary in the late 60s to describe a phenomena that we can describe what's about to happen, but people will disbelieve us. They will ignore, they will laugh, they will mock, and they will say, it's not true. Many of the Old Testament prophets, several of the minor prophets, saw clearly what was happening, but they had a Cassandra complex. They warned God's people. They saw accurately what was coming, but they were not believed. And worse yet, they were at times persecuted and mocked and locked up and thrown into pits, ridiculed. Yeah, that's the social media phenomena of our day. We'll be deplatformed, we'll be silenced, we'll be booted as friends uh, because we are viewed as the boy that cried wolf, when maybe more accurately, we're the Cassandras that can see that there is a danger coming. And the role of a watchman is not pleasant. We sound the alarm. We know that people are going to say, oh, it's nothing. That happened last time. Ignore that fire alarm going off. Ignore that smoke alarm. It's just the battery. And we just ignore all of the warnings. We are built that way. When Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the Bible says that he stopped and he wept and he wept when he looked at the city. 
that beloved city, that city of David. And he saw the future and he saw that city overrun with Roman armies. And over the sounds of shouts of Hosanna, we hear the weeping and sobbing of our Savior. It's still the same today. We may not be believed, but God made you and me watchmen. And watchmen served a vital role in old times and in our days. They were the ones that stood on the city walls. They were the ones looking down the road. They were the ones that said, uh, we see, we see things coming. We've got to guard the people that are living their lives inside of the walls. That was the function in the Old Testament of prophets. They were called seers. They looked into the future and warned Israel of what was to come. God told Ezekiel, I made you a watchman to convey my message. It wasn't the watchman's message. It was God's message. Watchmen, listen carefully for me because I'm going to speak. And I want you to tell them what I said. Zeke, uh, when I tell you to warn them and you don't warn them, then you and me got a problem, God seemed to say. But remember, remember too that the watchman's job was not simply to be the bearer of bad news. He was to speak of what was to come. And as, as, as in that timeless Christmas song sung during the Civil War, go tell it on the mountain. He made me a watchman on the city wall. The coming king, I sense the joy of the coming king. Oh, praise God. I, I, I want to speak as a watchman today that, yes, we are in the night, but the night is going to pass and a new day is going to dawn. And when they ask us, watchman, what of the night? We acknowledge the velvety black darkness, the encroaching darkness around us, but we speak of a new day that is coming. It's holding these contrary truths that's difficult, that we speak of darkness and light and despair and joy and hurt and healing and hope and pain, but that's the role of the watchman. Do you see yourself in that role? I do. Oh, we may call them something different today, trendsetters, futurists, people who can see tomorrow, uh, prognosticators. But the Western world now stands at a crossroad. The civilizations known for Reformation and Renaissance and Bible printing factories and world missions organizations and missionaries, the moral core of our Western world has collapsed. And people worship self more than God. People addicted to power, prosperity, prestige, drunk on their own success, worshipers of mammon more than the one true God. That darkness is here. An old tyrant called socialism raises its ugly head. We are seeing the oppression of Christians and the normalization of sin and perversion and wickedness. And we as believers are told, you must be silent. You must be silent. You can't speak up. And then we're told you have to speak up and profess what we tell you to profess, uh, or you too will be canceled and deplatformed. The freedom of speech and not to speak is being challenged. The freedom to worship and practice your faith in public sphere is being challenged. You and I are watchmen. We had better speak up. We had better not give an uncertain sound. We had better cry out as never before and shout. I told you two ancient stories of the boy who cried wolf and Cassandra. Can I tell you two modern stories? One took place on December 26, 
2004. It was a British girl named Tilly Smith. She was on holiday with her family in Thailand, playing on a beach with probably a hundred or so other people. Everything was fine. Everything was normal until it wasn't. Until he saw the waters suddenly begin to bubble and froth, and then the waters receded from the shoreline, and she remembered a science class. She raced to tell her parents, who then began to warn others, and people evacuated from the beach, and that beach was one of the few beaches on the islands where no casualties were reported when that wall of water known as a tsunami slammed into the coastline. Dozens, if not hundreds of lives were spared because of a watchman named Tilly. David, Lillian, you are watchmen. Do you know that? Melissa, Yolanda, you are watchmen. You are the Tillys of our world who lift up their voice and saying there is a tsunami coming. There is an overwhelming flood coming. We must save those who can be saved and who are willing to hear what we have to say, who don't view us as alarmists, but view us as the ones who can accurately see what is coming. If God used a little girl named Tilly. God is going to use you, Bill and Michelle and Adrian. God is going to use you in this day that we're living in. Uh, What about a second story in the South American country of Chile on an island named Robinson Crusoe? No kidding. There was a little girl named Martina. She was at home and she felt a tremor in the earth. And she looked out the window and saw the fishing boats in the harbor pitching wildly. She ran 500 yards from her home to the town square and began to ring the emergency bell to rouse the fishing village from their sleep. She didn't know the proper emergency code. She didn't know two bells meant fire, three bells meant in landslide. She just kept ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing that bell until islanders awakened and fled for higher ground. When that massive incoming wave hit the coast a few minutes later. It came a thousand feet away from the normal shoreline. It destroyed the village. It destroyed the homes, the churches, and the school, but only eight people lost their lives. 650 people Their lives were spared. In a nearby community, 800 people lost their lives, but not so on Robinson Crusoe Island uh, because standing on a hillside overlooking the destruction, they were spared because of a watchman named uh, Martina. Oh my, Patty, Donna, Glenn, I believe you are the watchman of this day and this hour. I believe God has called you, Barbara and Edna and Donna, to be watchmen in our world. We live in a society that's been so alarmed with imaginary dangers. I remember growing up in the 70s, we were told that we were living in the next ice age, that a winter was coming, a global winter that would envelop this world for decades. It didn't happen. So people who were alive, then now listen to the experts saying we're in for a global warming. We're not going into a deep freeze. We're going into a slow broiler and a sense of really, really, is that true? It hits us. We live in a society where we were warned that if the embassy was moved to Jerusalem, world war would break out. It didn't break out. Peace came. Peace came between warring nations. Even now we're being told that we are facing a dark winter and we must go back into our cave 
leaves it and be isolated in mass for months to come. At least that's what some are saying. We're living in a culture that has lost confidence in the experts and lost confidence in the boy that cried wolf. But there is a Cassandra, there is a Tilly, and there is a Martina, and there is an Ezekiel out there speaking to save lives. And I believe you and me We are all watchmen now. When it's time to sound the alarm, do so. When it's time to lift the trumpet to your lips, do so. On this devotion, we have tried to sound the alarm. We've we've sounded the rising tide of opposition to the Christian faith. We've warned of religious persecution and silencing. We've warned of the wanton disregard for the most innocent life amongst us. We're warning of the collapse of democracy that has been built on a moral footing, but because we no longer trust in God, we no longer have that sure foundation. And it's a question if democracy can survive. We lift our voices to war, but we also lift our voices to welcome. The soon and very soon, folks, we are going to be welcoming Jesus back into this world. God made me a watchman on the city wall. He's coming soon, and I'm not crying wolf. I am crying Maranatha, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. So it's time, folks, stir yourself. I'm ringing the bell. I don't know the code of how many rings will wake somebody up. I'm just going to keep ringing the bell and saying, stir yourself. The midnight cry is about to go out. The bridegroom is coming. It's time to awaken yourselves from slumber. It's time to make sure you've got oil in your lamp and it's burning. It's time to make sure you've got your wedding garment on. You need to tell the cold. You need to tell the lukewarm. You need to find the prodigal. You need to tell those that are drifting. You need to tell the cynical and the fearful and the anger amongst us uh, that the warning signs are here. We are in a last day spiritual tsunami that's coming, that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. We are living on the edge of collapse, but there shall be light in the evening time. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is coming. And he's coming so very, very soon. I am praying. I am praying the presence of the almighty God down upon you and your family right now. I'm praying that God gives you the moral turpitude and the moral rectitude and the backbone, the backbone to stand and to speak truth in love and to lift a trumpet to your lips and say, Jesus is coming and coming very soon because we today on Morning Devotion, Joy and Michael and Daryl and Jan, we are all watchmen now. Would you share this with someone? Leave some prayer requests out to the side. And would you open up your heart to the possibility that sooner than you can imagine, You and I are going to be walking on streets of gold. Sooner than you and I can imagine, we are going to be stepping into immortal bodies, incorruptible bodies, and we're going to be rejoicing around the throne together. I want everybody to be there. I want your brothers, your sisters, your family, your kin, your nearby neighbors. Uh, I want everybody to be there. I want your enemies there. I want everybody to rejoice in that other world. We are all watchmen now. May God bless you. Share with one another. Leave your prayer requests. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. God willing. 
Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.